Hello, Otsuko Knights community, and welcome back to the Roundtable Podcast. We are your hosts, Caden Knapp, Michael O'Ringer, and Eddie Wilson. Today we are sitting down with the assistant principal of the junior high and high school, Mr. Tom Furby. Hey, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Could you start off by telling us a little about yourself? Yeah, uh, I mean, first, I'd like to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity here to talk to y'all. I'm actually a 98 grad of Otsego. After graduating high school, I continued to work at the Kroger Company to make ends meet financially during school. Um, During that time, uh, close to graduation in the spring of 03, uh, prior to getting my job here in the fall of 03, I actually interned for the mayor of Bowling Green and um, did some work there, and that's how I kind of transitioned into education. We do understand that you turned down a management job to work here at Otsego. Why did you do that exactly? Uh, well, you know, at my time at the Kroger Company, uh, towards the end of undergraduation or undergrad, uh, they had offered me uh, uh, training and, and to be an assistant manager that usually leads into being a store manager. Mm-hmm. Um, the city hall office in Bowling Green had offered also offered me a full time gig prior to getting the teaching job here through an internship with them. Um, and both reasons are the same. Uh, while I liked and enjoyed both those jobs immensely, uh, you know, I had gone to school for a reason, and, and that was education. I enjoyed my methods, my student teaching at Finley High School, so I wanted to kind of continue that path and see where it led me. Well, I am sure, I'm sure many people are happy that you turned down that job so that way you could be with us here. Thank you. Okay. I'm one of which, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you said that you we're going into education. So what was like the spark behind that? Um, you know, probably not a tragedy having lost my dad at a very young age. Um, when I was just a little over the age of four, um, we're clearing off the snow to the ice on our pond. And, uh, he unfortunately passed away of a heart attack. Uh, I struggled for, you know, the better part of a decade trying to make things make sense to myself. Um, kind of grew up having a lot of anger and jealousy and animosity towards my friends that had two parents. That wasn't the right way to think about it, but I was four. Um, And so later on, uh, about the age of 12, I started to realize, hey, you know, I could just quit feeling sorry for myself and help my younger brother with these things. Um, So that later transitioned me into high school, uh, having that philosophy of coming from without. Uh, My mom's a great lady. Uh, She worked three to five part-time jobs to make ends meet financially for me and my younger brother. Um, So in the field of education, I feel like we have a lot of kids in school systems across the country um, that are of need, but you don't necessarily know what that need is. Could be emotional finances um, or simply some support. And For me, uh, education was a world that I could enter in and maybe have some increased perspective on some things. Gotcha. Yeah, I know that, like you said, your dad had passed when you were young, and you spend it in a positive way. I mean, I know for some people it takes, like, those eight stages of grief or however people deal with that. It's different for everyone, and... I like how you kind of took that and you turned that into education and like helping others. And that's pretty big. And then now you're an assistant principal, like I said earlier. What, so you, like you said, you went into education. So why did you choose assist, the assistant principal side of it? 
Well, uh, that kind of started with it choosing me. I was I was approached uh, two days before my wedding in 2016 about potentially sliding in uh, to a, like a dean of students role as a result of uh, some administrators being shifted around into the buildings, um, and. You know, personally, as, as I talked it out with my wife-to-be, uh, presented some opportunities here for my family, uh, moving forward, if it was going to work out into a true assistant principal's job, uh, there was a series of tests that I had to pass through the state. Um, I had previously had my master's in administration, but never taken the test, not knowing if I was ever going to leave the classroom. So um, that was the process of the next year to get fully certified to be an assistant principal in the state of Ohio. I believe, if I remember correctly, taught social studies at the beginning. Yeah, so uh, starting in 03 to 06, taught seventh grade early world history down in the junior high. Uh, when Dave Drewyer, the former uh, high school principal, brought me up to the high school, uh, taught a variety of different classes, uh, U.S. studies, global studies, geography. Uh, we also uh, made what at the time was a one semester class known as contemporary issues, uh, formerly taught by uh, Joyce Asmus. Uh, her and I would meet and talk about how we could elongate this out into a full year course prior to her retirement. Um, so I had a lot of enjoyment with that. Also worked closely with uh, Mr. O'Shea uh, to bring AP history into the district. Uh, that was a nice, unique experience. Uh, about a week training out in Chicago for that. I, the steam here at Otsego, I've noticed, is a lot of uh, of the more like administrative roles that are that are higher up in like the principals and stuff like that. Board of Education, they've been like around and they've like seen the different steps, so that like kind of get more of like a perspective from like the teachers, and it like helps their job, and it like kind of can can build a bigger connection. Like, I know Mr. O'Shea in his interview, he said a lot about, like, that brings him closer. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's the same for you? Uh, absolutely. Um, and I feel like, you know, coming from the teaching world, like Mr. O'Shea has, uh, you know, gives us a lot of insight as to, you know, what teachers uh, constantly have to manage for us. Um, so I think it works uh Twofold, you know, we understand where they're coming from, um, and we understand sometimes our kids in a in a bigger setting than just the classroom as a result of seeing them outside just one class. So we know that you are the assistant principal of junior high and high school. Um, what are some big responsibilities that you have as an assistant principal? Uh, you know, during the school day, uh, constantly dealing with discipline. Um, again, though, given maybe what I've lived through and, and learned through my time in education. Um, you got to have a bigger understanding. Sometimes, you know, when kids are not necessarily making the best choices, it might be because of something else we're not aware of, not necessarily the initial confrontation, if you will. Um, so having a bigger picture and trying to understand that and provide help, support, and resources, uh, big focal point in my job. Um, I also deal with uh, the legality of House Bill 410, tracking attendance, um, having to have attendance mediation meetings and or make referrals, uh, you know, to the uh, ESC for attendance uh, help, if you will. Uh, in addition to that, you know, I was previously the athletic director, so, you know, supporting events, uh, which I still like to do uh, when I'm available to do that. Uh, I also see all the 504s in the high school. I also help oversee any um, 
IEP 504 ETR meetings in both buildings. Could you explain what those 504 and uh, ET... ETRs. ETRs. Um, so ETRs would be, uh, you know, the process setting up um, for a potential 504 or even IEP meeting. Um, and those, uh, those times are in which we're gathering information from the educators that might see a need to help uh, somebody in the room. Um, being a student and so that could limit itself to a 504 uh, where kids might have a little bit extended time on tests or questions read aloud um, or it might you know look like more beneficial for an IEP. So basically it's just like your uh, how you work with the students essentially and like the meetings and like how were they placed on certain tests and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, by, by state rule, we, you know, we have to have an administrator um, mm -hmm. as part of those meetings. And so we have, you know, various administrators that can cover those meetings throughout the school year. All right. You kind of touched on, like, the fact that you're the uh, athletic director here. Was, 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 was. Was. I should say was. I, previously. For a while. Previously, after a while. What was that like? Um, you know, it was very enjoyable to see our, our kids and support them at athletic events. Um, you know, now being a father of two young kids at home, um, you know, I, I can, again, think back to seven years old, always thinking my dad was still going to walk through the door. Um, I actually went to the state wrestling tournament last March, uh, left on a Thursday night so I could guarantee to see the morning events on Friday, uh, get home on a Sunday at around 5 p.m. And uh, my five-year-old daughter, who was four at the time, greets me at the door and says, uh, Daddy, Daddy, I missed you. I, I love you so much. And she gives me a big, giant bear hug, and she kind of steps back and says, but wait, because you were gone three days this time, does that mean you don't love me anymore? And so, you know, that pulls on your heart a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, again, really enjoyed advocating for our kids, our sports programs here, whether it be in league meetings or just in contests. Um, and also, you know, I think there's a lot of valuable lessons through sports. We can't always win a league title, can't always win a state title, but we can lose learn valuable lessons moving forward. Um, I was fortunate enough to attend a coaching clinic last weekend down in Columbus where I saw uh, the, the head guy of the Ohio National Guard speak to us about leadership and culture. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, I had a lot of bad experiences in football and I had some, some positive ones, but I've remembered everything every coach has ever told me. And so sometimes we learn through negative events. And sometimes we learn through positive, but we always need to keep in mind who we're talking to, the audience we're talking to, and that those words can stick with them forever. Most of the times, two negatives could equal a positive. Sure thing. With some math related. <laughs> so what was your most uh, most memorable moments uh, coaching uh, football for Otsiga? Uh You know, to be honest, uh, looking back at to when Coach Jerwall took over the program, um, wanting one of my more meaningful seasons. Um, yeah, we can talk about the state final four run. Yeah, we can talk about a couple other playoff runs or beating Eastwood, you know, mm -hmm. several times in a season. Um, That's always fun. One of yeah. my most memorable memories of coaching here in the last 15 plus years was uh, when we were trying to rebuild the program. Uh, we go over to Faustoria, and I think we finished two and eight that year. And we had not yet seen a win. Um, and I think this is about week seven, week six of the, the football season. 
at the time, we had a, a younger guy playing quarterback for us uh, that comes out with some back injuries, and all of a sudden we can't use him for the game. Like, he's not able to warm up. So we had to put the previous quarterback in, and he did a great job. Uh, but we're essentially coaching an offense that we hadn't coached all year because now we're under center, taking handoffs. I uh, remember Cody Vance running wild in that game. Uh, and one of, one of the more meaningful things is one of the guys I coached in the secondary, secondary at the time, Zane Maxwell, was already playing with a broken hand in a cast. And towards the end of the game, Faustoria is driving for a potential game-winning score. And he intercepts the ball with his good hand and breaks that hand. So he now has two broken hands. But even to this day, when I see him out, he will bring up that game. He'll show me the welt where the helmet hit his hand where he broke that hand. And so, like, I take a lot of enjoyment. We didn't have a lot of success that year in terms of wins, but I feel like we had a lot of success in real-world applications. I feel like people, when they, like, think of coaches, they're like, oh, the championships and all the success is, like, going to be their fondest memories and the number one thing. But really, those rebuilding years and those, like, it's kind of like the little things that may seem a little to other people are really big to the coaches, as you kind of, like, told with that story. Like, now people are kind of getting to listen to that uh, years later. And uh, So, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they rebuilt their team and made it to the playoffs. And... Uh, when uh when when you said that I reminded you reminded me of that with my older brother, mm-hmm. and uh, he had some injuries and he still played so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, that's one of the reasons I like coaching football. You know, coach, coaching football gives me access to a lot of kids, freshman through senior, um, and they're not all in the same skill level set, right? Um, but it gets me to learn our population on a big size, um, which I think lends itself to doing my job here in the building a little bit better. Also, on, like, key moments, like, sometimes even with practices, honestly, stuff from practice will stick with me more in the future like I remember a lot of stuff about practice more than I do about the actual games does help that I only played about half the season but um I don't know the practices I feel like just teach you so much about hard work and really earning your spot so I I agree and and you know going back to that coach's training that I attended last weekend uh the head guy of the Ohio National Guard even spoke to that um Mm -hmm. it wasn't just about the games the ones I played in versus the ones I didn't it was about you know knowing you had a role but you were working towards a team effort the greater good if you will and if you try to apply that to a real world setting you know we're talking about our state or our country and and we're all playing a role to try to better that Mm -hmm. So moving back into kind of like the uh, assistant principal role, I know you that's your, obviously your biggest like uh, role that people know you for at the time right now. So, But you, in our pre-interview like interview briefing, kind of like told me that there's like a lot of things you do around the school that aren't assistant, like aren't, that, that are outside of that role. So could you tell us about that? Yeah, um, you know, not being the athletic director, Starting this year, um, we had a need to um, help out with the outside grounds crew, um, basically just manage. um, And given the fact that I had been the athletic director dealing with athletic fields, irrigation lines, electrical lines, uh, you know, the construction of new tracks, stuff like that, um, it just made sense that maybe I played a role with that this year. Um, And I've learned a lot through a lot of our guys outside. 
so that has been fun uh, to try to tackle. What is your favorite part of your job? Um, I mean, every day is different. Um, you know, whether I'm dealing with discipline um, or I'm dealing with something else, whether it be a meeting or just having sidebar conversations with kids, uh, no day is the same. And, you know, I learned early on working part-time jobs through college that if you don't like your job during the day, you don't like your life at home when you go home. Um, so for me, the variety of things that I could deal with and nothing is ever the same, uh, but trying to keep that clear focus of, you know, what can we do that's best for the kids. And kind of going the opposite way, what would you say is one of the more difficult parts about your job? Well, I certainly don't like filling out paperwork or discipline referral forms. Um, so that always adds, you know, work to the workload. Uh, however, that's my job and I got to do it. So, uh, and that's my conversation a lot with kids. You know, I, I get zero enjoyment out of, you know, finding out I have to deal with this issue or that issue. But at the end of the day, I'm here to help and hopefully mediate better behavior moving forward. As a final question, what is one last thing you'd like to share with us? Um, you know, one of the other philosophies getting into education, uh, when I was a junior in this building, I had a teacher by the name of Ty Ray. Um, he ended up leaving this district and going back to his alma mater of Old Fort. He taught a very, in my opinion, dry and boring subject of business law. And he made it exponentially fun, enjoyable, um, and kind of meaningful, you know, moving forward. And so my junior year is what I can kind of point to, you know, there was a figure in my life that started to steer me in that educational direction. Um, having learned what I've learned in the last 20 years in education, I would just like to impress upon everyone that, you know, A, we need to treat everybody fairly, and B, we don't always know what's going on in someone's life that might explain, you know, why they're acting out or seeking out attention. All right, well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. We had a blast and... Uh, Thanks for having me out, guys. It was, it was fun. I liked this interview. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into the Roundtable podcast. Special thanks go out to our digital producer, Owen Henderson, our technology director, Mr. Schwartz, and our advisor, Ms. Krupp. Feel free to contact us at podcast.fcunites.org with any questions, comments, or concerns. Also, follow us on social media. Our Twitter is at OHS underscore roundtable, and our Instagram is at OHS underscore roundtable as well. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and recommend this podcast to friends and family. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.